have Orhan Pamuk with us from Turkey. Um, Mr. Pamuk is uh, one of Turkey's leading novelists. Uh, he was born and raised in Istanbul. He went to Robert College where he studied, among other things, English literature. Um, the uh, book that now, one of his books finally exists in English is called The White Castle. I'm sure you all have been reading the wonderful reviews of it. Um, it's published by George Braziller, and um, it is the third, yes, yeah. of your novels. Um, the first one, which I'm sure I'm going to pronounce incorrectly because of the Turkish name, but we'll try Sevet Bey. Um, is that wrong? Yeah. It's wrong, okay. <laughs> and Sons. The second one um, in English is A House of Silence. It doesn't exist in English yet, but it does exist in French. And I assume it's that book that won the Prix Medici in France? It didn't. It didn't. Oh, I see. Well, it was shortlisted. Um, and, um, and we hope that we will have um, The House of Silence in English. Um, I hope again, courtesy of George Braziller. Conversing with Mr. Pamuk tonight is Paul Berman, um, a political and cultural essayist who writes uh, regularly for The Village Voice, The New Republic, the New York Times, and Descent, and I'm sure other magazines. The format is that Mr. Berman is going to comment on Mr. Pamuk's work and, and ask him questions. Um, what kind of questions, we will, we will all find out. After the two of them converse for a while, we will then open it up to you and hope you will join them. Uh, I Thank you very much. A couple of, of practical announcements. I'm supposed to ask you not to use the staircase and also do join us for reception afterwards. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm uh, very uh, pleased and honored to be asked to participate in this by pen. Um, because among um, many other reasons, uh, I found myself in Czechoslovakia uh, in the weeks after um, the revolution, really while the revolution there was still going on. And I learned that the um, greater forcefulness of pen than the sword was such that as the weeks went on, ever new provinces were falling to the forces of pen. And uh, the, the population was ecstatic, as was I, and the power of this organization was um, uh, wonderful and marvelous to see. And a mystery, too, which is maybe a question that we'll, we can discuss. Um, now, uh, I, I was very glad, um, well, I was very puzzled at first to be asked to speak to Mr. Pamuk because I did not uh, know his work or even his name, and uh, I agreed to do this um, really uh, uh, out of the dark, and only then uh, received uh, first his, his book, The White Castle, in English, and then just a couple of days ago, The House of Silence in, in French. And I'm um, uh, delighted, thrilled, really, to discover uh, after the fact that I, 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 ha I am your fan. And, and, and uh, I don't know um, uh, how many of you, probably only a handful, uh, ha know his work here. Uh, the book has just come out. Uh, perhaps there's some, um, uh, th there are a few, uh, I guess, uh, 
uh, Turkish readers here who may know his work for many years, but for us, the Americans, uh, this is a great um, novelty and a uh, delight, and I think something as we will, you will all discover something that we will be um, uh, happy about for years to come. Uh, now, um, uh, where to begin? Uh, uh, I will uh, begin at the, at the beginning of uh, the new novel. In the New York Times book review on uh, Sunday, Jay Perini uh, wrote a very uh, ecstatic review beginning uh, with a line that a new star has risen in the East, meaning Mr. Pamuk, and went on uh, to describe, I think, um, uh, uh, with, with an appropriate degree of enthusiasm, the new novel, uh, The White Castle, and at the end of the review, merely uh, by way almost of afterthought, uh, Mr. Perini suggested, seemed to suggest that if there was any flaw at all to be found in the novel, at least from the point of view of the American reader, it was the novel's preface, which just goes on for a few pages. And this he thought uh, quite puzzling. When I read it myself, uh, I didn't find it uh, puzzling that way, yet I can understand, um, I can understand Mr. Perini's response. The preface is uh, a short statement by, by uh, a man whose first name is Farouk, explaining that he has dug up a manuscript in, a, uh, in the arc, arc archives of a small town outside Istanbul, uh, from uh, a manuscript from the 17th century. It is a very curious manuscript, and he goes on to um, uh, speculate a little about the interest that it has, it has aroused. He says that in speaking to his friends, it has aroused an interest on themes of politics and activism and of East-West relations, but then he hastens to add that these are not really his own interests and shouldn't be attributed excessively to the manus manuscript in question which is something one might discuss. And, and he uh, says a few other things, some of which really are quite mysterious uh, uh, to the reader, and, and that's it. Now, I found this uh, an agreeable um, preface. Uh, I'm the sort of person who likes to dip his toe into a pool before jumping in, and this was a good way to d dip my toe. And I had no problem with it. Yet, a couple of days ago, when uh, uh, Mr. Pumuk's agent got me the... Um, uh, French edition of the House of, of Silence, which I've only read halfway through because it just arrived, um, I see that Farouk is a major character. And Farouk's digging around in the archives of this small town of Gebsay uh, is a major activity. And there's a great deal to be said about Farouk. And it occurs to me then that the first question I would like to know uh, from you mm -hmm. is, what would a Turkish reader know about the preface to, to The White Castle that an American reader would not know? I had, it was clear to me that somebody who had already read The House of Silence would already know something, but then there's a lot else, too. So let me put that question. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Well, first of all, that preface uh, was um, uh, a way of perhaps uh, dealing with the uh, big issues that Turkish readers would expect from a, any writer in Turkey. So I was perhaps tongue-in-cheek pretending that, look, it might uh, perhaps uh, uh, seem to you that in this book I'm dealing with some big issues like East and West or democracy or what is identity, where are we, who we are, where are we going, etc. But, uh, but I'm taking all, putting all these th uh, things in parentheses and pretend and trying to find a standpoint from which I'm not. Uh, I will. Uh, I will take them a bit lightheartedly. Uh, uh, from which I will f uh, distance myself from the, 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 the Turkey's basic pol political questions, Turkey's basic hot political issues. So, uh, it, first of all, it was a, a way of uh, uh, finding a playful standpoint from which I can dis distance myself and the book and the text. Secondly, it's also a way of alluding to my previous book in such a way that, uh, uh, that uh, my readers uh, will, feel, uh, will find a continuity in my work. But more important, and by, uh, the third point is this, that historical novels have always a problem that I have felt, that if you open a, a historical novel, uh, uh, that you suddenly feel like that you're entering, you, you, you immediately feel like that you just begin uh, uh, to see a Hollywood movie. I feel like, I, I strongly feel that historical novels uh, should have a, at the beginning, uh, a parenthesis or, let's say, uh, uh, a distancing, a, a way of distance, uh, putting a distance between whatever is described and the writer's standpoint. So perhaps it was also, but uh, uh, it was also uh, a way of uh, not jumping into the historical events immediately, but first of all giving a break and saying, look, actually this is not history or actually I'm not describing any historical moment. I'm not dramatizing historical uh, moments, but what I am doing is something more literally, more playful, uh, uh, playful thing. So beware, I'm going to play with uh, some, some ideas, but I'm not going to dramatize some historical moment. So it was a way of preparing the reader uh, to, uh, what, to whatever is coming. It was a way of preparing reader for the kind of drama that I had produced, which actually was not a drama, was perhaps more a play. But this, this, this character of Farouk, I still wonder about him because if, if you had done, um, uh, to do what you just described, um, all except for um, the allusion to your earlier novel, you could have all done all of that uh, in your own name or, or in any name uh, or without a name. But you did evoke this, this character, and this character is a, is a flesh and blood character. Now, in what I've read of the um, 
the House of Silence, I know a little bit about him that, that uh, circa 1980, uh, he's a, um, he's something of a, of a young intellectual. He's a, a historian. He has perhaps a drinking problem. His wife has left him. He has, he has problems. Uh, but he's a, he's a serious man, and he, he lives in, a, in an environment that has, that is perhaps uh, in some ways a curious one. That is, he's interested in the, in the Turkish or Ottoman past, because this is what he's um, investigating. I see that uh, it, it pops out to me as I, as I read um, about uh, him and his uh, uh, brother and sister visiting their grandmother, that uh, there's been a certain penetration of American culture. Uh, his brother uh, at parties, is, uh, uh, his brother and his friends are looking for the Best of Elvis album um, uh, and this kind of thing. Uh, and driving around madly in, 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 in cars. And so it, it seems to me, well, this, this is probably the kind of figure that might be quite familiar to a Turkish reader, but there'd be a great deal that I still didn't know. For instance, in, in the preface itself, in the White Castle, you mentioned that he mentions that, that his friends, or maybe himself too, have all been thrown out of the university. And I think thrown out of the university, that sounds um, like something. And, and, and it's the sort of thing that uh, if you were Turkish, you would probably know what that meant. Um, but I didn't know what it meant. What, what, what did it mean? Okay, uh, politically, uh, uh, Farouk is, it, let's say, a typical, uh, I don't know whether it's the right way to put it, uh, Turkish intellectual of late 70s and early, and into, uh, early 80s. He, uh, I mean, let's say uh, typical in the sense, uh, typical leftist liberal. I don't know. I don't know which word I should choose. That that after a, after the military coup of 1980, he is forced to leave the university or uh, directly kicked out. Uh, that or he does not want to stay in the university which is ruled by the uh, military government. Uh, uh, perhaps the funny thing that I should say about uh, Farouk, although you talk about him as if a mysterious person, to me he is a very obvious character perhaps because I uh, tried to compose or create him. Uh, but uh, you know, if you want to visualize him, you know, as I was writing the novel, I choose the, uh, his name to be Farouk because he was very fat and as well, most perhaps all, all of you know that once upon a time there used to be a king in Egypt who was called King Farouk and he, he was really huge and fat. And as, as I was writing the book, you know, I thought, oh, I mean, every writer, first of all, when he creates a character has a, a vision of, uh, an image of that character. So as I was writing the novel, to me, he was King uh, Farouk, and uh, uh, it took me three years to write that. In the end, he, he stayed with that name. Now, as for the activities of uh, Farouk, uh, first of all, I said that he is perhaps a typical Turkish intellectual, but that would be making a too hard in, uh, generalization. And I, I'm afraid that when creating characters, uh, I am not the kind of writer who uh, says that you know, with this type or with that, that character, 
I try to uh, uh, put in flesh and blood this, you know, uh, uh, kind of personality, or this kind of uh, try to put in flesh and blood some of the trends that you would see in this sort of or this group of people. Uh, but uh, he has some com uh, common uh, similarities with uh, most of the, let's say, liberal Turkish intellectuals in uh, late 70s and uh, 80s. He, he is, although he is on the left, he doesn't know much to do. Uh, he has some radical ideas, but he cannot, he doesn't know how to deal with them. Uh, uh, he, is, he is disconnected somehow with the, uh, from the uh, young generation. Uh, he, is he is frustrated. And but he is, you know, lovable. Uh, I like and care for for that kind of person also. Well, uh, I ask these questions because um, they're um, interesting and curious <laughs> uh, uh, of themselves, but also because um, uh, this is the sort of thing uh, that provides a frame around. It, it is you who mm -hmm. put the frame around the story that is then um, recounted, which is uh, the bulk of the, of the novel. Um, so um, before jumping into that, let me just ask one more question about Farouk. I guess uh, I liked Farouk a lot too. Um, and I, I'm, uh, as I read about him in, in, the, in the House of Silence, uh, it occurs to me that, that Farouk in some way um, uh, goes to the heart uh, in a modern uh, way of questions that uh, perhaps in a more ancient way are raised in the document that he has discovered in the basement of the sub-prefecture of the town of Gebseg. That Farouk is, is the grandson of, of Dr. Uh, Seleh Hatin, um, uh, who is um, uh, long gone now. But Dr. Selahatin um, was a kind of uh, mad rationalist, if I can describe him that way. Uh, uh, he had a big drinking problem, but when he was um, awoken, uh, drunk, from, uh, in a stupor in his own garden, uh, uh, he was likely, or he did on one occasion, uh, to rail uh, in favor of rationalism against the obscurantism of, of the East to speak in favor of the encyclopedists of 18th century France, to declare himself uh, uh, a Diderot of, of, of Turkey, engaged in writing a 48-volume uh, encyclopedia that will explain to the, to, the, uh, to the people of the East everything that is known by the, by, by the people of the West, but not by them. And uh, he has all these all these projects of of reforming or revolutionizing Turkish society or maybe it, the Islamic world as a whole, and these plans have um, uh, have a maybe a, a pathetic uh, shape in, in in his life because he's he's gotten he's gotten nowhere, uh, but. He has the plans, and uh, the plans have a have an almost um, uh, Don Quixote-like quality. That these are ideas he's read in a book, and he wants to to make them live. Uh, but 
they don't live, and so he's lying in the garden, and all has not gone well. And and here is here here is here is Farouk, uh, 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 who seems to be uh, somewhat um, like him. Um, now I wonder does does this does this cast an ironic light over over the novel, or does it cast a or or, or is a is a Turkish reader likely to see this uh, casting a sympathetic light over over what is to come, or a, or a pathetic light, or what kind of light? I mean, I, I understand your question is, I mean, uh, uh, that sh uh, uh, that are you asking me that should we separate for, for this character's ideas with his personality? If we do, what were what what shall we what can we deduce from this? Well, my question is really: Are are these ideas that that Farouk seems to have inherited in some degree from his grandfather of rationality, uh, uh, republicanism, and the phrase of his mm -hmm. grandfather, but maybe something more radical in 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 in, in, in Farouk's mind? Are 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 these ideas to be seen as um, somewhat laughable? Or are they seem are, are they grand or are they grand and laughable at the same time? Well, yeah, to, altogether. I mean, ideas are never laughable. Uh, I don't think any idea is laughable. What makes them laughable is the fact that the way one holds them, one carries these ideas with himself. The way that any person, any personality, any character in a book lives with this idea. So uh, uh, any ridiculous idea might be very serious if you manage somehow carry it with dignity. So uh, the point perhaps, you know, actually when I write novels, uh, you know, uh, or any novelist, when he writes, uh, he or she writes a novel, that uh, 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 most of the time, unless you're a very vulgar novelist, uh, to, to, uh, the weight you give to the ideas or the way you give to weight to the ideas uh, is uh, uh, not important. What is important is that you cr create a character. Now, if that's a laughable character and has some serious ideas which we might uh, uh, care for, then we, sh we should say he is the writer is mocking the ideas that I really believe in. This, is, this, this I will disagree with the author. But really, this kind of duality had never been a problem for me. That perhaps if I am pointing out anything with that character and his ideas in the book, if I'm pointing out anything with my finger perhaps showing too much, that is perhaps the way uh, these ideas, which really do not have much space, much uh, weight in the novel, is carried by that uh, uh, either by Farouk or his grandfather. But let's, let me talk about these ideas. Uh, his fr uh, grandfather can be, or can perhaps be called a typical uh, Turkish or, you know, um, uh, bureauc uh, bureaucratic radicalizer, a westernizer, a Turkish Jacobin, which derived lots of ideas from uh, French Revolution, French Enlightenment, etc. But the way... Uh, he he is, uh, he is in some somewhat helpless position because he is alone. He is trying to radicalize, radicalize his country and culture uh, all by himself. Uh, and I think that's all I can say about this character. 
The rest is uh, inventing, putting something uh, here, something there, just to make that character work and just to make that uh, whole mechanism that I call novel work and come together. So um, whether the ideas that uh, that certain character had are important for me or not is not really the issue with the book. Although, perhaps, m maybe I'm speaking now tongue-in-cheek, those ideas are really great, grand, underlined issues in Turkey. But, you know, perhaps we are coming to the same thing that uh, we have to talk when we had talked about the preface, that 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 the hard thing, uh, one of the hardest thing when you deal with politics, when you're writing novels in Turkey is that you, every time you uh, have your pen in, uh, in hand, uh, every time you begin to write something, you feel the uh, presence of a uh, reader, an audience who's overlooking from your shoulder and trying to find political uh, uh, daily political interpretation, uh, trying to get a daily political interpretation of what I'm writing. So this puts the writer in a position, uh, in a very uncomfortable position. Whatever you begin to talk about, in the end, turns out to be turn out to be uh, uh, not, uh, let's say, persons or objects in themselves, but uh, me, uh, but symbols that you actually do not intend to put there. Uh, the way I try to, in each book, the way I try to deal with this kind of expectation is perhaps my, uh, uh, for, for each book is a, uh, for me a solution. Uh, as I had talked about uh, earlier, uh, being playful uh, or, you know, trying to find a standpoint from which I can depict things more easily, uh, put a distance with me and the text and whatever political, ethical questions that a reader expects from you it has something to do with also with, with this issue. That is, that our readers, we feel in Turkey, expect us to be more political, more ethical, which in the end, uh, uh, if we are speaking of literary forms, our readers read our text stories uh, their interpretation is more symbolical, uh, or perhaps more narrow. Now, in such a in this situation, uh, a traditional Turkish, let's say, writer had uh, was do what he had been doing is that that accept this uh, given symbolism or this political expectation and build his structure, uh, uh, his formal structure, and let's say his ideolo ideological structure on this. Uh, take it uh, uh, so in a way we might, I might say that a, uh, a writer who uh, who uh, a, a typical Turkish novelist if that's the right term for it anyway uh, would uh, take this expect this political expectation granted and build up his uh, uh, substance on this while on the other hand uh, I feel that this had something, this, uh, this attitude has something to do with the deterioration or, uh, let's say, for, uh, um, somewhat uh, finding a, uh, uh, let's say, deterioration of the realist, uh, naturalistic novel in Turkey. So my attitude uh, is to play with this expectation 
and find another standpoint from which uh, I can play with the political expectation, with given uh, 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 symbolism, so that I somewhat uh, I can, let's say if the word is right, deconstruct or somewhat uh, d uh, demythologize uh, the expectations of the reader. So this is, uh, 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 this is uh, uh, my outlook when I'm dealing with, let's say, big issues like republicanism, democracy, East, West, whatever. Uh, the kind of um, political or any other interpretation that might be given to the story that, that follows, uh, that is the, the story that Farouk digs up and that uh, constitutes the, the bulk of the novel. Uh, well, it, it seems to me um, um, one of the attractions of the novel, perhaps its, it's supreme uh, attraction, is that all, all kinds of meanings can be attached to it. Uh, the story is what it is. Uh, it somehow has the quality of, um, uh, of uh, uh, attracting re and repelling meanings at the same time. Like a magnet that's both positive and negative, uh, so that one is always thinking, well, uh, is this about this or is this about that? And then the story goes on, and it is or it isn't. Mm. Uh, uh, this might be um, a quality of life, but I don't know. Uh, I, I, I guess uh, how would you describe the form uh, of the story that is told? Um, does the word um, Fable seem seem correct. Do you think of it as a uh, in in the form of a of a of a Kafka novel? Uh, does the reference to uh, is there intended to be a reference to the castle by by Kafka? This sort of thing um, uh, occurs naturally as you as you begin to read. <laughs> First of all, it's uh, this is how the words play games to us in translation or in languages. This is the, the game that dictionaries play upon us, is that, that the allusion that here in the United States uh, that critics found, find with Kafka is, I think, uh, hits a target, but uh, by coincidence. Because in Turkish, uh, uh, Ka uh, uh, Kafka's famous book had been translated as Chateau, as, uh, and, and so, but while, on the other hand, the original title of the book in Turkish is White Kale, uh, uh, which might perhaps literally be translated as Portress. So if we had chosen the title of the book to be White Fortress, nobody would be finding allusions to Kafka anyway. But that I take, you know, with pleasure that, uh, you know, that, you know, that somewhat that castle or chateau is unapproachable, unreachable, is also a fact that had, be, uh, and, but the, the fact that this pun or game can be done by English or by, uh, uh, a trans, uh, by, as a result of, you know, a translation decision is also a small joke. Now, uh, as for the books being a fable, or, you know, this is a tough question because it's so, it's so uh, you're demanding so much that, you know, usually a writer uh, does not want to answer such a uh, huge question. If I say it's a fable, then I will be in a position to explain it. 
If I say, well, it's nothing, it's just fun, just read it, then I'll be, you know, nobody would believe me. Uh, so, you know, if you can be more specific, I'll be delighted. Uh, I think, um, uh, to be specific, uh, we, we better say something about the, the story, because I, I imagine that um, only a few probably have, have read the book. Uh, or perhaps I'm wrong. I, I well, let's, let us assume that, that not too many have read the book. Uh, so the story, uh, but perhaps I should ask you to, to tell the story. You do it very well? No, no, I can't do it. No. Okay. No, no. Well, then, then I would summarize it very quickly uh, as, as saying, by saying that um, uh, the document is a, the document that Farouk uh, discovers is a, is a, um, a, a memoir by a, a, an Italian student of arts and sciences in um, the 17th century who is captured uh, by a, uh, a Turkish uh, navy at, at sea during the period when the Turks and the Venetians uh, were always at war for control of the Mediterranean. And he ends up, uh, he ends up a slave in, in Istanbul where he is turned over to uh, someone who, 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 is give, who goes by the name of Hoja, if I pronounce it mm -hmm. right, which, which is uh, uh, said to mean master, and, uh, and who has the remarkable quality of resembling the, the Italian narrator um, perfectly like brothers. And uh, the, Ho 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 um, the Italian has established a, a reputation for great scientific knowledge and has uh, convinced the Tur his Turkish captors that he is a doctor, which in fact he's not. And Hoja immediately uh, presses him to teach him everything that is known in the West that is not known in the East. Um, and uh, this, this, uh, uh, this knowledge, um, uh, the pressing him uh, to teach him, uh, leads to a number of things. One, a very uh, close uh, friendship or passionate friendship uh, between the two of them. Secondly, a great deal of influence for Hoja, and then uh, subsequently the narrator at the court of the Sultan, um, and uh, they, they um, uh, play a role in combating uh, the plague in Istanbul. And finally, after many years, 20 years or something like that, uh, they, they play a large military role too by employing the scientific their scientific knowledge to construct some kind of a terrible engine of war, which sounds more or less like a giant tank, um, with which the the Turkish, uh, which the Turkish army uh, drags uh, with them on an invasion of Poland, and um, and uh, fails utterly because the uh, engine of war arouses um, superstitious fears among the soldiers. And besides, it doesn't work too well and gets stuck in the swamp um, while assaulting the white fortress. And uh, at, as a result of this calamity, Hoja uh, is in danger of being executed and flees to resume the life that the Italian narrator has abandoned a quarter of a century earlier in Italy. And the slave goes on to live the life of Hoja as imperial astrologer at the court of the Sultan. Unless, and this possibility uh, uh, arises, the identities have gone the other way and is the one who has fled and the other who has not fled. And 
and this is a point about which there's not absolute clarity. Now, th this... First of all, congratulations for the wonderful summary. If I were teaching in one of those creative writing courses, I would give eight out of 10 for you for narration, while on, on the other hand, I will you know, give you five for criticism. Because you know, uh, you know, I'm always you know embarrassed when the people you know uh, summarizes your book. While on the other hand, uh, Paul is uh, absolutely right because you know the, that we, we are now going to talk about that book, and you should base whatever we're going to do on that. Thank you. <laughs> well, you could have done it yourself. You were invited, <laughs> and you do do it very well. Believe me. <laughs> uh, now. Uh, how how we how we are to understand this? Uh, I, I don't know. You raised the the question of politics in 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 the preface. Politics in the narrow uh, fashion of the kind of Turkish politics that might be attached to this uh, is something I haven't the slightest uh, I idea of. There's another aspect of it that is plainly philosophical. Uh, Mr. Perini, in his review, talks about Cartesian self-consciousness. That is to say. Um, uh, I think, therefore, I am. Uh, I, uh, uh, the, the, the consciousness of uh, uh, what is it that, that establishes the identity of uh, Hoja and of the slave, and how is it that they uh, seem to exchange identities or merge identities? Um, so uh, uh, we, we could go into this. But then it seemed to me that, that these different things could be seen as stages uh, of, a, of a development which had more to do with um, what Mr. Perini did not discuss, which was, uh, which is love. Um, that that what, uh, what arises between these two men is, is definitely a kind of, of passionate love. Now, I don't know exactly how to describe this in in classic American literature, uh, we have um, uh, the notion of the homoerotic in American literature, um, which is maybe too strong a phrase, uh, uh, but um, was wonderfully evoked in a famous essay by the estimable Leslie Fiedler under the title "Come Back to the Raft Again, Huck Honey," uh, which which is about. Uh, which refers to the fact that in uh, the classic literature between Jim and Huck and Mark Twain or between Natty Bumpo and Chingachgook and James Fenimer Cooper or between um, Ishmael and Queequeg and Melville, uh, there is a kind, of passion, a, a, a kind of passionate love between men that, it, that is especially... Uh, the sort of love that might arise between men of, of markedly different cultures, especially the culture of a uh, what is known today uh, as the West, although in the literature of the United States is usually known as the East, um, meaning the, the Eastern states. Um, but uh, bet between <laughs> between uh, a, a man uh, of that sort and a man of some other culture entirely. Um, and an American reader, I think, is, is, is bound to think of these things uh, in reading your book. Um, does that make any sense? Does that make any sure. sense mm -hmm. to you? Mm -hmm. Yes, it makes sense. Uh, 
that uh, I perfectly understand what uh, whatever you're uh, what you're talking about uh, is that uh, that it's such a delicate it's, uh, it's such a delicate matter uh, that uh, that on the one hand there is strong feeling of co let's say uh, friendship plus comradeship plus do, uh, the feeling of doing something together for years among two men, then this also, uh, 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 this feeling, uh, uh, I sense that I enjoy writing about, uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, closed men environment that I somewhat created in that book uh, uh, has uh, perhaps deep, deeper connotations in Turkish culture or uh, let's say culture of uh, Middle Eastern countries. Uh, I know Leslie Fielder's ideas about these, uh, while on the other hand, I feel that, that uh, also that uh, one can also look at this feeling just as a uh, literary convention from which one can spring, uh, one can invent, uh, one can play with uh, the already found idea of doppelganger. That, that one feels that in order to play with this idea, which was a very classical, uh, perhaps too much used uh, theme, that, that, that one should have two men, preferably that uh, uh, both of them being uh, rather uh, asexual. Um, if sexual, that part of their biographies should be omitted. Uh, and this gives the writer, uh, let's say, um, uh, an economy, uh, a tightness, a closed claustrophobic atmosphere, uh, and uh, a totality. And, um, a way of making an impact on the reader. So, if you uh, you, uh, you know when we're talking about uh, these uh, themes, we are also talking about uh, whether uh, openly or not, uh, actually literary forms. Um, I s always, you know, I w expected. I must confess that that as. Uh, that a critic or somewhat a vague allusion to that a critic or anybody, a vague allusion to homosexuality in the book, but really nothing of the sort came out, uh, uh, which I think is right. I mean, uh, on the other hand, you know, there are possible interpretation of that, uh, of that book, which I will find interesting, just to, uh, which I will find, you know, that the, bo the book is open to. Well, what interests uh, me about it is not so much the um, uh, sexuality, because it's not a book about sexuality, as uh, the question of uh, love in, in connection to identity. Because what happens in this book is that uh, in different ways and in different stages, the identity of these uh, uh, dramatically different men merge. and. This, mer this merging um, is a um, uh, uh, first a, a, a painful thing, then it has a quality of um, joyfulness uh, uh, within the pain. Uh, 
uh, at some points it has an idyllic quality. Uh, it goes into uh, uh, the c uh, a kind of dimming of the ardor, as in a marriage. Uh, perhaps it achieves a, 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 a it, it it has a plane later on of nostalgia, of looking back on 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 the on the idyllic love uh, and perfection of of youth, and it seems to be. Uh, from a certain point of view, I wouldn't wish to say this was um, the whole of it, uh, because it's not, but from a certain point of view, uh, it seems to shed uh, a great deal of light, a certain kind of light on the topic of love. What is love? It uh, is, uh, does uh, love between uh, uh, two men like this, or any two people, uh, must it mean uh, this loss of, uh, Identity is this the highest form of love, or is this a form of of, of madness? Mm -hmm. uh, at, at one point, uh, uh, a, a um, somebody visits a hospital, and uh, a, a patient has been chained uh, uh, because he's gone mad because he fell in love and lost his identity. Uh, uh, so this raises the question. Yes. Okay, but this actually, this whole question brings also to mind that that, that epigraph I had uh, found in this supposedly mistranslation of Proust by uh, Jakub Kadri. Uh, so, uh, if now if you're talking about love in the sense that it's a passion, I don't think their the, the, the relationship, the Hojals and this, uh, the Italians, is of that sort. While on the other hand, that epigraph in implies a passion. But my point when I put there, now I believe, I, if I'm not misremembering it, was that, that uh, uh, what is important for me in that book that is that the idea of someone um, imagining another land and, uh, and connecting uh, that land or that place or environment and that c culture with uh, someone he is interested with. Let me try to say it again. That I think that this is, I believe, basically, love uh, has something to do uh, not with the person that we, we, we feel certain tender feelings towards or whatever, but uh, uh, more so has something to do with the idea, uh, with the image we get from that person, and on that image we build a certain uh, way of living, uh, a certain uh, environment that he or she is in, uh, imagining the places that he or she had been, and, all, and we feel a desire to be, to share in that places. That this longing for another country, another space, another uh, culture, another uh, another city is what is important for me. So uh, uh, another person uh, to feel uh, some other person's presence is uh, uh, a means by which uh, we desire, uh, we try to reach that other world. This uh, other thing can be, a, you know, another house in the uh, corner of uh, the next street, or another country, or just uh, another uh, table that we'd like to have 
uh, dinner each night. Uh, so uh, here, especially in that book, uh, uh, if I am talking about passion or if I'm talking about love, in that sense, uh, I, uh, uh, perhaps I'm talking about uh, uh, mankind's desire to be uh, in uh, some other place, to, to change his environment, to add uh, uh, perhaps to be someone, someone else. So the uh, theme of being somebody else or to changing identities, then with this, with uh, with this uh, point in in that situation, you know, merges with the theme of love. So it's not really that we love somebody so much that we in the end turn out to be him or her, but it's that we desire a certain atmosphere, a new life. Uh, I think a new environment uh, and an another place so much that as somebody else is a means for it. Um, then the question uh, uh, arises, I think it, it, it arises um, from the book itself, um, can one culture fall in love with another culture? Do entire civilizations fall in love with one another? Uh, is there some hint of this in, in the book? No, cultures definitely cannot fall with in, with in love with each other, but uh, if people do, uh, uh, they, uh, it's basically that they, uh, that they had a desire to change themselves, desire to be in other places, desire to change, uh, to find, uh, they have a radical desire to be someone rather than themselves. So uh, this book, if you know, it's hard to, to say that this is this book is about this or that, but that this book is perhaps a bit about this desire, that desire to leave whatever we are, wherever we are, and find another place, and that to talk, to try to talk about love and friendship, in, in this sense, uh, but not make you know strong generalizations about cultures looking the way the cultures look at each other. Uh, so another, I'm, I will say, is, uh, repeat the same thing that when I wrote that preface, I was expecting that uh, my readers or my critics interpret uh, 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 will be immediately begin talk about uh, as I wrote the book. I know that that this is an East-West book. It deals with East and West. Obviously, it deals with these issues, but at the be beneath them, I think that more important is uh, uh, what I've tried to create. Is what is more important for me is this: this I think universal desire to uh, mankind's universal desire to be in some other place, uh, which I think one of the main feelings that I I think humankind has. Uh, but I, I, I can't help wondering if you're um, dismissing uh, too easily, mm -hmm. on the basis of your own book, mm -hmm. the notion of cultures falling in love with one another. Mm -hmm. Because having set up this character, Farouk, whose, whose grandfather had fallen in love with the, uh, Rousseau and the French Revolution mm -hmm. and had uh, made or perhaps ruined his, ho his whole life uh, on it, uh, the way a man might make or ruin his whole life on falling in love with a woman. Uh, having set up uh, uh, this character, we now read about other characters living in 
making the same kind of um, uh, 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 total, uh, total uh, life-encompassing uh, commitment to a, a different culture, to a, to, to a foreign or the opposite culture, of the, the Italians and the, and the Ottoman Empire of, of, of the 17th century. And there it is in, in, in the book. Now, um, uh, a, a larger political question or, or a more contemporary political question should, should uh, it can't help but be dragged in, which is, and, and, and I'll mention it, uh, I'll, I'll bring it up uh, this way. I attended uh, recently, a few weeks ago, a lecture by Bernard Lewis, the great Princeton historian of Islam. And Bernard Lewis uh, uh, came, and everybody at this talk expected him to comment on the on the Persian Gulf War. And everybody was dying really to know: uh, Did Lewis uh, consider this a good idea? Was he opposed to it? Was he appalled? Did he think it was necessary? We didn't know. And he 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 spoke, and his entire talk consisted of a lecture on. 17th century Istanbul and its, its, its invasions of Europe. His entire lecture was a different version of, of the same historical material that you've written your novel about. And what he said was that the Turks had uh, the, the Ottoman Empire uh, encompassing the whole of uh, Islam had, had always, until that moment, until the 17th century, considered itself the dominant force in the world. It had ruled a vast empire. It considered itself to be uh, expanding. It was expanding. It had lost Spain, but, uh, it was, but Spain was very far away. And meanwhile, it was, it was, it was uh, progressing ever further into Europe in, uh, by means of the very sorts of military campaigns that are described in the White Castle. And that finally, the uh, Ottoman army uh, 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 set siege to Vienna and was defeated, and was defeated in such a, such a catastrophic and fatal manner that it never recovered, and that the, entire, the, the entirety of Islam never recovered, that the defeat, uh, which was in late 17th century, was was um, climactic in the in 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 the in the in the most uh, uh, in the most faithful way, and that from then until now it, it has left. Uh, this was Mr. Lewis's point: a sense of hurt and resentment and bewilderment. That that how could this have happened to us? How was it that our society um, had which, which had seemed to be uh, on uh, ruling the earth, the greatest uh, society, was suddenly in, in such a place, in such a position that we could no longer fight against the armies of Christian Europe. And, and that this, this was the origin of the sort of uh, resentment and bewilderment that had finally reached uh, an expression in uh, the sort of movement that is led by Saddam Hussein. So that finally, um, if, if, if um, whether or not there could be love between uh, 
two uh, cultures, uh, there can certainly be the most uh, passionate, the most engaged uh, uh, emotions that, that can last for centuries of rage, of betrayal, of, 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 of shock. And uh, these, these emotions and their consequences seem to have uh, descended on us now. Uh, and, and and I must say, uh, of course, you wrote your book without any idea that anybody would be now reading it in such a manner uh, t t today. Yeah. But but that's the fate of your book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First of all, I'm not. Uh, <coughs> first of all, I disagree with Bernard Lewis' ideas about finding such easy connections with whatever happening in Gulf or whatever happened in Gulf and whatever happened in the mid 17th century. While, on the other hand, you know, I'm not dismissing, Paul, your idea that cultures love, uh, fall in love with each other. Um, I agree with it, but I would put it differently. I would perhaps would more, uh, perhaps I would put it the way uh, Ibn Haldun put it, uh, a 13th century Arabic thinker. He said simply that civilizations who, were, who, who had lost, who civilizations who are losers, uh, uh, immediately after they had lost, begin to imitate the uh, win uh, 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 the winners. So it's uh, basically a simple idea that that if any civilization or if any empire begins to lose, uh, basically that would be at first would be a military ruse. Uh, uh, then they they will first of all begin to get try to get what they understand whatever made them lose, and then try to imitate. Uh, the winners' uh, military uh, uh, tactics or te technology, and then f this is obviously is followed by culture. So, uh, if we if you're talking about civilizations falling in love with each other, that's basically my feeling of it is that that uh, losers al always imitate the winners. Second, then civilizations really do not fall in love with each other so totally because if you talk about civilizations, there, while, on, while on one hand we have really people who, for example in Turkey, who say, well, we should be westernized, while on the other hand there is a reaction to it all the time, who people who said, well, let's stick to our uh, uh, traditions and that's why we actually had lost the war, so let's be more traditional, so we have always con on conservatives. Uh, my idea, or uh, what I thought about in the book, is that that these issues are uh, means uh, people make political debates in Turkey. Perhaps these issues are means of express people's expressing themselves, but actually they are not really the political issues. They are not really how the for, uh, forces fight with each other in Turkey, but. The, the East and West problem, whatever it is, is the way to, uh, uh, political, uh, uh, let's say, groups uh, express their uh, themselves, uh, this East and West ideology. But what is going on beneath it is that there is, let's say, the cer a certain political arena in which certain groups fight with each other and decide that this is the ideology, this is the way they look at the things. So, uh, we, although at perhaps at the first level, the, uh, as I implied in the free phase that this might be a book about East and West, uh, or uh, cultures being getting interested in each other or falling in love with each other, 
uh, this is just a just the starting point for the book uh, that, uh, as I have mentioned earlier, there are other considerations such as desire to be in the other place or the c classical doppelganger theme that I've somewhat placed on this, you know, east-west themes. Uh, I should say that Bernard Lewis uh, didn't actually go so far as to draw a direct line between uh, these events of the 17th century and, and today. Uh, He's rather a man of your school, and he was more mysterious about it, and 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 and, 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 and he left the audience uh, to do this, and um, everybody was so in intimidated um, of his uh, authority that no one had the nerve in the entire audience to ask him, "Well, Mr. Lewis, finally, uh, what do you think?" And, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 he just spoke about the 17th century and escaped. Um, but uh, maybe this is the moment when, yeah, we, when have, we, we should in, in, invite you uh, to, to, to ask, ask questions. One never knows, but uh, you see, uh, you see, how do you see? Uh, uh, the question was about demythologizing the expectations of the reader, and uh, uh, that I've been asked whether I had been successful or not, and how how, how can perhaps one manages this? Um, yeah, that for, that when I talk about readers ex or expectations of readers, I'm talking about certain milieu, certain environment in Turkey that I'm writing writing in. So. You know, I, I, did, I deduce the expectations of the readers from their reactions to my books, from critics' reactions, uh, from the way books had been read, ha are, are being read in Turkey. So uh, I, I know the cultural environment in which I'm living. So I know the typical symbolistic reading or political reading that by, uh, my books, other people's books, had been uh, read with. Uh, so how can one, uh, how one, one manages such a thing is another question. Uh, since I uh, uh, myself set this criteria, I can't say that I can. I also satisfied it perfectly. But on the other hand, I said I tried it. So my standpoint is that you know this is the criteria, and the way to do it, to a solution might be finding a distance uh, so that will make me. Uh, feel comfortable with the uh, pressures that I feel uh, that comes from the reader. So perhaps being playfulness, perhaps with each novel something different, I think, I hope, will help. I, I, I've been asked to repeat the questions into the mic, which is, uh, can be an extremely difficult thing to do, uh, so that uh, there will be a proper tape of it afterwards uh, so that Penn could not make any money on the tape according to the form that we were asked to, to, uh, to, to sell. Thank you. 
I think she did. Uh, well, uh, have maybe, have you you maybe you can repeat it. Here, here. Uh, uh, this was a question. This was this is a good question, but this is what I dreaded. That that this is uh, this is a comment that that the work is uh, uh, is playful and and literary, which is what has um, made it break the sound barrier from Turkish literature uh, into our own remote zones here. And um, uh, a further question about uh, the travel writer Chelebi, who who appears at 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 the end, whose name I cannot pronounce. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, it's one of that character that in the end reader sees, Evliya uh, Celebi, is just another perhaps playful thing. Perhaps I like, I like this person. I like his imagination that he, uh, as, uh, as everybody knows uh, who is interested in Turkish culture, Ottoman culture knows that he go, he's a very good uh, travel writer and very unreliable one. Uh, so uh, uh, perhaps a good writer should be that sort. That sort that a, a, a good writer to me is also um, someone who has good imagination, but uh, not very reliable. When you want to see how many windows this uh, building had actually at that time, so also I enjoy making that small allusions, as you had said, to Don Quixote, somewhere to Dostoevsky, to anybody. In my books, because some of them perhaps sometimes being private, uh, that is perhaps the way I sometimes find fuel, energy to go out to, to do my writing. This is perhaps being uh, too psychological examination of my uh, 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 explanation of my work. On the other hand, I think that such kind of allusions enriches the text. Uh, it for me, it's a pleasure to say that. Uh, it uh, separates the uh, good reader from the bad reader. Uh, uh, it gives credit to good reader and the reader who reads a lot and who reads less. Now, w what is your imaginary library in which you, yourself, the writer, exist? Well, sometimes I really think I had this wild imagination that sometimes I think that uh, uh, that uh, imaginary library would only should sometimes I feel that uh, should include lots of book by me that so much that you know I, that one cannot write so uh, uh, so many volumes, but uh, I, I instead of thinking about imaginary library, I would I'd like to have a real one. Then I would put there uh, works of imagination that I'd like to. I'd love to have uh, uh, the first of all the books that I had been influenced all through my life, which actually means that I had been influenced by whole history of literature. Uh, then, which means a good library with two or three million books. Uh, I, basically, I always felt that I'm, I was influenced by not by the books I have read, but the books that I have not read. Uh, because I always, when I, I'm a good book buyer myself, I always feel that when I buy a book, looking at the back cover, or perhaps have a reading a review, or just looking at the cover of the book, that here is the book that I had been dreaming of writing for years, and it had been done by someone else. Let me buy it and read it at home, and let's see, you know. Uh, 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 u
so I always thought that, and you, before the, reading that book, I begin to get influenced by it in the sense that uh, I begin, I sometimes feel like that perhaps I'm, uh, you know, writing like the person who had just written that book, but I haven't read it, but I'll read it and I'll understand that, that I'm perhaps doing the same kind of thing. This I'm telling you because for me, uh, I have, uh, books had been a very important part of my life and they are actually very real things uh, that, uh, that I, uh, I have some kind of sickness of buying books and that I know that most of, most of the time that, uh, that, uh, that I know that uh, I won't be reading that specific book but this gives me this idea of buying or browsing let's say books gives, uh, makes me let's say uh, feel fear uh, 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 feeds my brain and also gives wings for my imagination. Uh, when I, uh, you know, talking about books is an endless subject for me. So, as you said, imaginary library, I would, uh, this is the person, uh, perhaps I would uh, react to it, I have already done so, that for me, libraries are real places, more real places than perhaps streets because I feel more, more strong desires, more strong enthusiasms, uh, that I feel that I'm in a f that when I, whenever I go to a bookshop or a library, I feel that I am really a, you know, a real person now, that I had found some place that I don't feel that I am humiliated or looked down or that I feel very comfortable. Uh, I always feel very comfortable in libraries. Also, uh, the libraries or bookstores uh, are places well, uh, in which I don't feel frustrated because my sense of, of life is that it's always a constant frustration. You cannot, you always dream of doing things, but you never do them. While on the other hand, uh, if you go to a bookshop or, or a library, you feel that you are you, in a position to jump into a someone else's mind, someone else's life immediately, at least uh, in order to satisfy that desire. All you have to do is to grab that book and bring it home. Well, I don't have one right now, so. Do you feel yourself to be in the middle of your characters, uh, of your two characters? Uh, or, uh, yeah, do I feel myself to be in the middle of my characters? Or also, you ha I think you have asked that, that p perhaps, there is there any difference between, let's say, uh, an Am a typical American reader's perception of the book or the Turkish reader's perception of it? 
first of all, I mean, if you're talking about whether Istanbul being exotic for American readers, I can assure you that it's also exotic for 17th century. Istanbul is exotic for people who are living in Istanbul now. Uh, this, we, uh, the idea uh, that, that I am in somewhere between two cultures is, I would say, to take the ideological plane of the book too seriously, that, that while, on the other hand, uh, if you're talking about how Western reader or the people, anybody who's perhaps living in New York or a person living in Istanbul uh, really enjoy the book, I think they will enjoy it the same way that they would think, oh, this book is in, in a novella, and my readers are, uh, you know, intellectual readers. They had perhaps read the same books. They had enjoyed Stevenson, Borges, Calvino, or uh, Hoffman. So, you, you know, the only difference perhaps between the, anyone living in New York or anyone living in Istanbul, that uh, p people who are living in Istanbul had a dream of New York, and people who are living in, in New York had a dream of Istanbul. And also that my book does not give much about the 17th century of Istanbul, but it titillates playfully, I'm hoping, supposing, that with the ideas of Istanbul, which I'm, you know, I really want to assure you that I have the same, almost the same idea of Istanbul as the person who is, who is living in New York and who had never been to Istanbul has. Also, I'm, I, I'm underlying this th thing is because basically because that the imagery we drive of 17th century Istanbul it had been the, we got from uh, uh, 17th century English travelers, uh, Western witnesses, but not from Ottoman, Turkish, Eastern witnesses because they didn't paint or do, did any drawings at all. The miniatures do, are, like my novel, do not reflect any realistic details of the age at all. Uh, the, the question is whether you feel any uh, uh, tension between, the, uh, in Carlos Fuentes' terms, uh, the, the eccentric tradition of uh, Turkey or the concentric tradition, if I've got it right, 
of 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 um, uh, the European novel. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, that's a good way of uh, putting the what uh, another perhaps another way of putting that things that we had talked about that you know, perhaps a rather simpler naive way of putting it would be do you th perhaps with the old traditional way of I mean uh, w w do you think literature or forms of uh, literature should be directly uh, responsive to the uh, political daily uh, cultural myths uh, issues of the uh, climate or milieu that, that they had been produced in and what the, what what should there be a, their reaction to it that this this is the I really cannot say that my outlook the way I deal with issues that all the whole Fikr, uh, Turkish culture is living it that I cannot define them in such clear-cut way uh, Carlos Fuentes uh, describes them but on the other hand I feel that uh, this the, the question he raises uh, works for also Turkey while on the other hand uh, that kind of this uh, his criteria might be totally irrelevant to let's say might be totally irrelevant in let's say in New York or perhaps less relevant in uh, uh, London. With this, well, with this I, don't, uh, uh, I understand that I feel uh, that, for example, when a writer in New York, this might be, some, some of us, you might uh, react to this, says that, you know, I really don't care about politics, I really don't give a damn about whatever is going on in my country, all I want to write is a good novel. I think, you know, in immediately, if I read such a thing in Turkey about, uh, I, I feel perhaps this is a conservative writer or whatever writer, I don't give an ethical judgment on him, but I understand and uh, uh, sympathize with his uh, inclinations and the way he expresses himself. On the other hand, if, uh, let's say, a writer like me or a writer like who comes from, you know, Mexico City and Istanbul are, you know, really look uh, are very similar cities, coming from Mexico City, a writer or Istanbul, says this, first of all, this is a, more st a very, very stronger point of view than that if it had been said in, let's say, in New York, because it means a total reaction uh, to the expectation of the culture. And uh, secondly, it means that, uh, the, that the writer is willing to alienate himself from his whole culture, that that, 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 that that it means that the writer is also uh, choosing on his consciously uh, aesthetic point of view. Uh, yes? Uh, I, I want to be sure to ask about Salman Rushdie mm -hmm. because uh, it seems to me that uh, all of these issues have uh, take place both uh, within the novels of, that Rushdie has written and also in the Rushdie affair. Um, I wonder uh, what what form did the Rushdie affair take uh, in Turkey? What was the debate like? What was the discussion like? I mean, what, what was it? Was it February or late January, uh, 80, 88, uh, the 89? Yeah. The 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 fatwa from uh, the Ayatollah was, I think, in November of uh, 88. Mm -hmm. 
uh, no, the book came out, I guess, in November of 88, and then in, in February of 89, um, uh, it became the big issue. First of all, there was at the beginning, there was silence, then the middle of the road or mildly conservative Turkish papers uh, joined uh, giving news, then these news or interpretations turned out to be too strongly political. At that time, I, you know, I'm pleased to be the first one who wrote in some kind of an article to defend Salman Rushdie uh, because the political climate was so that, that it seemed that even the pro-Western Turkish papers uh, felt somewhat, uh, uh, were taking, were trying to be on religious side. Then afterwards, you know, some uh, writers like Yashar Kemal and Aziz Nesin uh, wrote a, a bit uh, of this or that, most basically defending Salman Rushdie's, not his book, but his freedom of expression or uh, uh, the way uh, Iran had tr uh, tried to deal with him. Then actually, in the end, nothing, of it, nothing, nothing much came out. Uh, that I realized that there was not much interest both from right uh, and left to, to make a big issue of this, that I realized that, that left sense that, look, if you go into it more, then this will, be a, uh, this will be an issue that we will not gain much. While on the other hand, uh, besides extreme fundamentalist fanatic right, uh, rightists also felt a bit uncomfortable about uh, how primitive can Iran be, or a, you know, a state that's claiming to be uh, claiming itself as a republic can be. So they felt about that they that that they felt that this is not their cup of uh, tea. Also, so in the end, the thing uh, this was some uh, a strange. It turned out to be a strange thing that. Turkey only watched it from a side, just pe people copied the uh, headlines in the Western uh, papers. Uh, government, as in such cases it does all the time, just banned the book before it was even translated or uh, published, so that in case that someone willing to go to do it, go, uh, make trouble in Turkey, so it was also settled. Nothing of the, anything came out of it. Uh, so uh, it seems that my publisher had wanted to do a previous midnight, previous book of Salman Rushdie's Midnight's Children, and it so happened that that it was just a coincidence that the same translator before then had been given and done at, uh, a book by Henry Miller, and was persecuted for this. She, I mean, by uh, agreeably as you would expect, uh, uh, that declined to finish the translation. My publisher had received a few phone calls from uh, various unknown people who are saying, if you're going to do it, <laughs> kind of uh, uh, unknown f uh, phone calls. And that was the end of it. D does, um, does Rusty's work then uh, circulate in English? D does it circulate in, in English in, in, in Turkey? Oh, I don't remember well, but uh, 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 what was banned was to, to translate and publish this book in Turkish. But I don't remember if there is also uh, circulation of it in, in, in English is allowed or not. Uh, because actually that, that would be a point to 20 years ago when uh, the foreign to 
books were available available to Turks right now. It's, since it's a hardcover, never, never a paperback had been done of that book. The hardcover of that book would be one tenth of a civil servant's uh, a monthly payment. It's out of question uh, uh, that any pub, any uh, bookstore owner would bring it anyway. So there is no real uh, issue of buying going and buying hardcover books in Turkey anyway. Uh, yes. What traditions, aside from those that Borges and Calvino influenced you? First of all, I, uh, I have read uh, and influenced very much by some of the German romantics. And then uh, after that, the, uh, in my latest book in Karakitab, I had derived lots of material, or let's say tradition you were saying, which is a perhaps right word, from uh, Persian and t Turkish Sufi writers. Uh, their parables, their fables had, you know, I used and reinterpreted in certain way that I like. Uh, then in my pre earlier books, I was more of a 19th, in my first book, more of a 19th century realist kind of writer. Basically, what appeals to me is that uh, uh, short, short works of fiction, whether, from ta whether they are tales or whether they are the kinds of things that German romantics, Hoffmann, Kleist had written novellas, uh, uh, the kind of books that Stevenson that had written, uh, that kind of, uh, let's say, some slightly, I would say, if that's the word for it, I'm just defining my taste perhaps, slightly gothic if that's... Uh, 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 I have some certain interest for detective fiction, but I find most of them really trashy. There is only one detective fiction writer which I like and per perhaps read completely and truly is Patricia Highsmith, which is not very no well known in the United States, unfortunately. And, you know, these are my tastes. If you're, I mean, somebody, when do, one does not define his tastes so clearly and truly, they, I mean, in the end we find ourselves talking about this or that book. And perhaps we should, yeah. we should uh, dr uh, finish up, draw to a close. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I would say uh, if anybody has not run out uh, yet to, to buy... Uh, uh, the White Castle. Uh, <laughs> 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 now, uh, uh, n now is uh, certainly the moment uh, to do so. I think there's a question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like him that that also uh, that I in my own way try to uh, write uh, Proustian sentences if that's possible in Turkish. So that's how Proustian I am. Uh, but uh, I like mo uh, more than the, uh, his narratives itself, I like his sentences, his constructions, he, you know, the way he builds up sentences. So I should thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much.